Welcome today to our Sunday morning online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here. I believe that God has blessing planned for you. Good things planned for you. I have a message I want to share with you today about one of God's amazing creatures, how we can look into the life of the ant and see the wisdom of God revealed. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But first today, let's honor the Lord by bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. I have a scripture for you, and I think you might be surprised by the context of this. Tell me if you recognize this verse. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I know you've heard that many times. There's uh, various songs uh, written after this verse. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, and so forth and so forth. But we all know this verse. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So that is Psalm 118, verse 24. But what a lot of people don't know is that this is a prosperity statement. I want you to catch this. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. See, some of you have been so close to prosperity, but you didn't even know it. Some of you can quote that verse. Uh, some of you sing songs that have been written in relation to that verse, and you had no idea you were so close to the prosperity of God. For linked right next to that statement are these words of David. Save now, I pray, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. This is the day the Lord has made. Lord, send some money today. Praise God. Lord, send some prosperity today. Let me prosper on my job. Let me prosper in my business. Let me prosper in, you know, of course, whatever your occupation would be. Let prosperity come. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you know that that verse about this is the day the Lord has made is right, is parked right next to prosperity? I just think that God has your blessings on his mind and he wants you to be aware that it, it's so close to you. But many times religion has disguised the goodness of God and has made us think it's a far distance away, but it's so close. You can just reach out and take it by faith. So I want you to be expecting breakthroughs, good things to happen, increase to take place in your life. And that you can even cry out like David and say, Lord, send now prosperity that yes, you can make the initial statement. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And you can also say, Lord, send now prosperity. Praise God. See, some churches, they'll sing that one verse. This is the day the Lord has made. But if you were to sing, if you were to keep, by the way, this is a psalm, right? Psalm 118. So it is a song. But if you were to sing the next verse in some churches, oh, they would say, oh, we can't sing that. But yet that's right there in your Bible. So if you're going to make that statement, this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to be glad and rejoice in it. Then you need to keep right on with the next statement. Lord, send some money today. Lord, send prosperity today. Praise God. Come on, bump up next to prosperity 
and get comfortable to it. Don't just take things, uh, you know, scriptures out of context, you know, take, uh, take the meaning, the impact of what God is saying. It's all good. Praise God. Okay. So let's honor the Lord. Let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. And then as you do that today, uh, if, if you're giving online or if you're mailing in your tithe and offering, put a little note and say, Lord, send now today prosperity. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I know that word prosperity makes some people uncomfortable, but it's in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, I attach myself to the promises of God, to the word of God. And I, I agree with what God agrees with. Praise the Lord. So as you honor the Lord with your tithes and offerings, just put that little notation, Lord, send now prosperity. This is the day you've made. However you want to word that, but put that in there and just say that throughout your day, throughout your week, that this is the day the Lord has made and the Lord's sending money to me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See, you had no idea. You had no idea that you were that close to the prosperity that God has for you. Now, if you're mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, and our zip code is 28117. If you would like to go online and bring the tithes and offerings in online through the internet, safe and secure transaction, please visit our ministry website, which is stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can click on that, and they'll come right into the storehouse of God. And we are very appreciative of all the sacrificial giving that many of you are sowing into as we're believing God to put uh, the new roof on both facilities, the fellowship hall, that roof has been paid for, and the sanctuary, uh, we're believing God for the remaining funds to come in for that. So uh, sow into that as I'm, I'm going before the Lord, uh, asking the Lord to give you relief from financial debt, that God would help remove debt out of your life and that you step into debt-free living to the glory of God. So I'm praying for you. Your harvest is coming. Expect the prosperity of God. Heavenly Father, bless your people today. Let prosperity just jump on them. I thank you, Father. Let it come on them. Let, let, let it catch up with them and overtake them. Let the open heavens be a reality in their life. And anything that would try to be a blockage, let it be removed through the knowledge of your word, through being a practitioner of, the, of your covenant. And Lord, let light break forth upon your people, that they may walk in the fullness of all that you have for them. And we thank you. That includes prosperity. We give you praise for it. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And together we all agree with God's word and this prayer. And we say, amen. Praise the Lord forever. Let's take our Bibles today and let's go to the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Let's go to chapter six. And let's talk about the wisdom of God concerning this marvelous little creature called the ant. Praise God for his wisdom. I am continually fascinated and intrigued by the wisdom of God whenever I see it. And so it's revealed through the ant. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, that the wisdom of your word would be revealed, that we can understand it and 
just as a person looking in a mirror can see the reflection, can see any adjustments or changes that need to be made. Father, we look into the mirror of your word and we ask that if there's anything that needs to be adjusted, a hair out of place, whatever it might be, Lord, let us make those adjustments so that we reflect Christ. Now we give you praise. We thank you for the wisdom of your word in Jesus name. Amen. Let's receive the word now. Proverbs chapter six, verse six, go to the ant, you sluggard. Now a sluggard would be a person who's lazy. And from the perspective of a person, that's just what maybe we would call a couch potato. I don't think there's too many people that are just all out couch potatoes, you know, living on welfare from the perspective, they never want to get off welfare. They just want somebody else to take care of them for the rest of their life. So they never have to work. I don't really think I'm speaking to anybody like that because most people like that don't, don't watch messages like this. Uh, so uh, we're not talking to just all out uh, lazy, incompetent people. But I do believe that in our lives, we can have areas that could be a little bit slack, that could be tightened up better, and that we can make improvements in certain areas. So that's what we want to touch on. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. The Lord wants us to be wise. The wisdom of God is a uh, preeminent attribute of God, and we need to walk in his wisdom. Now the ant, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Um, This is fascinating to me about the ant not having an overseer. The ant does not need a boss to tell it what to do. Praise the Lord. This is amazing. You know, I think, I think in the church among us as believers, I I think that as we represent Christ to the world, uh, as we are, as the apostle Paul said, a written epistle and an epistle where people read us, they may, they may never read the epistles that Paul wrote. So they're, they are reading us. I think by being people that have a hustle that have an anointing to get jobs completed, to be a finisher, I think is a tremendously good witness. Uh, I think on the opposite end of that spectrum, that if we are slothful and we have to be prodded and pushed, uh, that that is not a good witness to the unbelievers and that, um, it can be one of the worst witnesses by being a, uh, a poor employee. You know, many years back, um, I worked a job at a factory and I worked the night shift. It was a 12, it was a 12 hour night shift, which was really, uh, for me and my body clock, it was, it was very brutal from seven at night till seven in the morning. And you know what? I, it was hard. Uh, it's hard to work 12 hours, much less when you're doing it all night long. But, uh, you know, it was kind of fun because the night shift was maybe uh, a little bit more relaxed uh, than the daytime shift. And uh, so, you know, all in all, it was okay at that season of my life. But I remember there was um, uh, like a a group of us that kind of formed together that we were just Christians. We would just randomly meet and uh, it ended up that uh, 
many of us had a love for God's word and me and uh, some of the brothers would sit down at lunchtime, uh, uh, which would be maybe four o'clock in the morning because we're working the night shift or whenever that would be uh, one o'clock in the morning. Uh, But we would sit down and we would, we would actually talk about the things of God. Sometimes we would bring our Bibles uh, to work and just pull them out at lunchtime and talk about a few scriptures together. And then of course, after lunch is over, put our Bibles away, go back to work. Uh, but there was, uh, there was one guy who, uh, would not put his Bible away after the lunch break. He would walk around all over the factory with his Bible and he was the slowest worker in the entire factory with hundreds and hundreds of employees. He was the slowest worker and he wasn't even really in the group where we would read our Bibles. He, he knew that we had Bible studies and stuff like that. He never really engaged. He was kind of like on his own, had his own viewpoints, I guess you could say, but he would, he would walk around his Bible. He would stop right in the middle of the factory with people walking by him while they're working. He'd open up his Bible and just kind of read his Bible. I, I, I guess he had a problem of wanting people to recognize him as being somebody spiritual. And that's, that's a pride issue, but uh, you may think that was pretty bad. Well, he was literally doing that. He'd stop in the middle of the factory floor, open up a big, thick King James version Bible and just read his Bible. He'd read it quietly, but just like this with people walking by people working. And, uh, that was the thing with the night shift is that I guess whoever his supervisor was, you know, was probably, uh, in the back room kicking back or something like that. So he was able to get away with some of that for a while, I suppose. But you, but you talking about a bad witness, um, he wanting to be a, uh, thinking that this is being spiritual, standing there reading his Bible, but his work's not getting done. And, and so th- this is a this is a lack of wisdom. Now I know that most Christians wouldn't do something that uh, extreme as far as not how can I say the elevator going all the way to the top. Um, but even still, there can be areas of improvement for our lives. You know, when you do have um, people though that are how can we say um, uh, sluggish like that, and maybe they want to like. Uh, talk to everybody on their job about Jesus. And and of course, I'm always open to share about Jesus. But when I'm working, uh, particularly when I was working before the Lord put me in ministry full time, you know, if somebody wanted to ask me about Jesus, I'd tell them, well, let's talk during break time. I'm I'm working right now. And I had people come up and ask me uh, certain things about about the Lord. But I'm, I'm like, I'm working right now. Or unless you're in my department and you can stand right next to me while we're both working full speed, then maybe we can do that. But usually I could only talk to people at lunchtime or on break times. Why? I was working. So, you know, if you have somebody, uh, you know, from an employer perspective that you have an employee that's just, you know, not really doing their work, uh, going around telling everybody about Jesus. Well, Pastor Stephen, what what should I do about that if I'm an employer? Where you should let that person go work for Jesus. (laughs) If that person wants to walk around, talk all the time about Jesus, well, then let let him him leave the company, let him go work for Jesus, and let Jesus write his check. Then maybe the light will come on. Praise the Lord. Sometimes the light doesn't come on for certain people until uh, they are in situations like that praise God. So we need to have good work ethics. Praise the Lord. Let us consider the ant and walk in the wisdom of God. It doesn't have an overseer. It does not have a direct boss. Um, Why 
Do we need supervision at work? It's possible to not need it, but why in most scenarios do you need supervision? Because if you don't have a boss, if you don't have a supervisor, then uh, the 10-minute break for the employee with no supervisor, the 10-minute break will turn into a 15-minute then a 20 minute and then a 30 minute break. If there's no supervision, it's now has uh, morphed into a 30 minute break. And so all of those things have to be regulated. You know, uh, if there's no supervisor, the person will come in on time, punch the time card, but not go out on the work field. They'll go right back into the break room and kick back for 30 minutes and goof off before ever coming out. So all of that has to be supervised because uh, most people do not have the wisdom of God. Uh, they don't have the ant mentality. And, you, and so you have, to, uh, you have to have monitoring of that. Praise God. I, I think one of the greatest waste uh, in, in corporate America today is what people do on the internet while they're supposed to be doing computer work or laptop work, whether it's editing or this or that, they're over there surfing the internet. And so, you know, they may get paid for eight hours a day, but maybe they only did four hours of work. Uh, I had a situation one time where uh, I was hiring a sound man to oversee the live streaming. So he's in the uh, audio booth and he's uh, holding down the whole fort. And uh, this was a time when we did more live meetings from the perspective of, you know, we have a, we have a, like a, a good turnout of people. And so we're going to stream this live. We'll have live praise and worship. So I'd hire somebody uh, to run all the audio, all the sound, all the live streaming. And you sit back in the booth, you know, you're kind of back there by yourself. Nobody can really see you, but you know, that person's very important to make everything run smoothly. Well, it seemed like I was having a few, uh, uh, hiccups and uh, the the person would tell me later oh I'll make sure it doesn't happen again and next meeting comes around and uh, uh, there's little problems pop up and stuff like that uh, uh, and then you know the, the the person wasn't there I went back and checked on the computer uh, that was there back in the uh, the audio booth and noticed on the computer's history that during the times that we were having those live meetings uh, the person was surfing the internet. There's all the history on the computer showing everything that they have. Uh, while I, while I think he's back there, you know, controlling the knobs and, and, and monitoring the monitors, he's back there surfing on the internet because, you know, he was, I, you know, I can understand some of it. He was, he was going to get married soon. And so he's, he's planning his wedding out, but well, that's great. Plan your wedding out, but don't plan it out while you're working on the clock. So while I'm trusting him to hold the fort down with all the audio video and all that stuff, he's back there surfing the internet, making his plans of what he's going to wear and ordering flowers and all of that stuff and, and getting paid for it and getting paid for it. But you know what, when people do that. They only shortchange themselves. They, th they may think, well, I'm getting something accomplished for myself, but um, it's, it's really the principles of sowing and reaping and it's sowing the wrong kind of seed. Oh, my friends, we need to understand this. We need to walk in the wisdom of the ant and have a divine hustle to get things accomplished, to stay on task and to have integrity and ethics in our work. One of the greatest workers <clears throat> I ever met in my life with a hustle and a work ethic to push himself to the extreme 
was probably also at the same time one of the most vile people I've ever known in my life. This was a manager that worked over me. Uh, those of you that have followed my teachings, you've heard about my story. This was the wild, crazy manager who was profane, who was dirty, who was nasty, who uh, me and the other department workers could not figure out how come this guy doesn't get fired? Why doesn't upper management do something about this guy? He's He's crazy, and um, um, he was crazy, and he was, and he was, he was evil in many ways. But, but you talking about a work ethic? This guy worked like a robot. I mean, this guy could push himself, and uh, it, it was no problem for him to work eighteen hours. And the entire now, watch this: the entire eighteen hours, all of it was one hundred percent all out phenomenal output incredible amount of work and I learned a lot from that from that guy because when he was supervisor over me he would assign me on a task I would start on the task and I'd be working and if somebody from a different department came up to me please listen to what I'm sharing with you today this is very very important if somebody from a different department came over to me and started kind of like maybe because their department's slow and they just dripped over to my area and want to start talking if somebody came over and started talking to me he would just appear and show up and say hey no talking to my guy my guy is working go back to your place and leave him alone <laughs> Woo! and you know what I kind of like that because I'm wanting to work anyhow and I'm kind of a nice guy I, I'm not uh, you know I'm not always like so direct like hey leave me alone I'm trying to work sometimes I can be in that mode but I'm always trying to maybe I'm too nice sometimes and um uh, but you need people like that. Those are the type of people that are finishers. Uh, sometimes people don't like finishers because they are they are deemed by lazy people as uh, as being rude. Uh, but you've got to have finishers in your life. You've got to have people that if you pass that baton to, they'll get it done. No matter what, they will get it done. Uh, my wife is like that because uh, there are certain things with the ministry we've got to have done. Their timelines, there are things that are expected or demanded by, by um, outside television studios or whatever the case might be, or outside meetings. We have to have things done on time. My wife always gets it done. You've got to have some finishers in your life because I'm more, like I said, I, I'm a nice guy. I, I'm not always the one that says, hey, we've got to, you know, but you, you've got to have people like that. They are essential. And so I learned, I learned from him. He was a great uh teacher from the perspective I could look at him the push the hustle the drive he had was absolutely amazing uh, an incredible work ethic uh, unsaved lost didn't know Jesus didn't want to know Jesus but work ethic yes through the roof I'd hire him any day over a lethargic lazy believer who 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 doesn't have any interest no passion no well um no, you want to get somebody that can get things done. Now, am I going to hire somebody who's profane and curses? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So let me let me put that in context. I'm not going to hire somebody who's 
uh, godless. But I do, I do admire uh, those that know how to get on a job and get it completed and stay on it and stay focused. Woo! God loves it. Praise God. We've got, look, we've got a big job as a, as a body of believers. We have a big job of getting the gospel out. And it's going to take that ant mentality because ants may be little, but they, they just stay on it. They stay on it and they accomplish amazing things. It may be a little at a time, but they just stay on it. They are finishers. They are completers is one of the amazing things about the wisdom of the ant. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. Um, you always want to walk in favor with your employer. Don't demonstrate slothfulness or laziness and end up losing favor. I love the story. Um, it wasn't even really a story. It was just Andrew Womack was talking about kind of a walkthrough that he did. You know, he's got uh, many employees working for his ministry. And so he's, he's kind of walking through the various departments and uh, he's going through one department it's a fr- uh, Friday late afternoon. He's walking through the apartment, and uh, there's one of his employees uh, uh, doesn't know that the boss is walking through. One of, uh, uh, one of the employees jumps up and, and, and shouts, TGIF. Okay, you know, most of us in America, we know what that means. That's an expression we use here in America. It means TGIF, thank God it's Friday. So he jumps up, thank God it's Friday. In other words, I'm off for the weekend. I get to leave this place. I'm out of here in just a few more minutes. And, you know, Andrew Womack heard his employee say that. And he said, um, he said, hey, uh, I just heard you say that. What do you mean by that? And the guy goes, well, you know what I meant? I meant TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. I'm ready to get out of here. And Andrew, Andrew Womack said, well, are you, you know, like, why is it that you so strongly want to get out of here? Well, I got the weekend off and stuff like that. And Andrew Womack said, well, if you're so anxious to leave, I can, I can make your life a permanent Friday if you want me to, right? I mean, would you really do that in front of your employer? Act like you just want to get out of here so bad? Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's rude of him to say that to his worker. Uh, Look, when you're an employer, you see everything different. An employee doesn't always understand the, 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 the heart of somebody that wants to accomplish something, who has an assignment from God to get something done. They're not always 100% on board. And so if you were leading for one day and you had those that are half-hearted, that are really there, they're just ready to leave. Can't wait till the, till the buzzer uh, rings and they're off the clock, ready to run out of work, drive out of the parking lot as fast as they can. Yeah, you, you look at stuff like that and you, you're like, these are people that don't love their work. These are people that probably haven't, haven't even discovered their calling. These are people that do not understand the basics of Christianity, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. Well, when I have my own business, Pastor Stephen, then I'll really put forth 100%. And th- yes, and then you'll have employees that will treat you the same way that you treated your employer when you previously gave only 60% effort. Mm, it all comes back. You want to give your very, very best. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. One day I was working at work many years back and just just doing what Stephen Brooks does, just working, working. And uh, one of these new guys was on the job and uh, uh, he came up to me and said, he said, Stephen, he said, look, 
He said, um, you're going to have to slow down. If you get this much work done all the time, then the, the, the upper management's going to see that, and they're going to expect us to uh, have this type of output done all the time. I said, look, I said, this, this is just the way I work. I, I said, I'm not going to be here forever because I'm going up. The Lord's going to bring increase into my life, but I can't, I can't pull back. That's not the way I am. Well, he was the one who pulled back and years and years and years and years have passed. I'm no longer at that job. The Lord's raised me up into different levels, different dimensions. I wouldn't search for him, but I have a feeling I could find him very easily if I wanted to. I have a feeling he's not too far away from where he used to be. Probably same old level, same old half-baked effort, show up, grumble, complain. You know, it's always somebody else's fault. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. My friends, we need to honor the Lord with a 100% work ethic that glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul talked about this in uh, the letter that he wrote to the church in Ephesus, speaking to believers, just like you and me, this is what he said. He said, slaves obey your earthly masters. Now, of course, today slavery has been abolished. uh, So we don't have that same form of slavery. Nevertheless, you do have to follow the instructions, the orders of your superior, your, your boss. And if you don't do that, you're not going to be employed. So we can look at it from a similar perspective. Slaves, obey your earthly masters. In other words, obey your boss with respect and reverential fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor, when their eye is on you. I want to read that one more time. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. So if you have this thing where the boss walks by and suddenly you engage to a new level, you know, you start working real fast as if you're doing that all the time. Then something needs to be corrected because that's, that's being fake. (coughs) Excuse me. And we need to honor the Lord with consistent good output, not just when their eye is on us, but all the time. Verse 7, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Now there's a reason why, verse 8, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether slave or free. So look at it as you're working directly for the Lord. Yes, you honor the man or woman that you're serving, that you're working under, but you're mainly working under the Lord. And that's the person that's watching you all the time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Let's continue on. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. I have no, no envy of anybody that wins the lottery. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anybody even to give me lottery tickets. Don't, don't even give me a lottery ticket. I don't want to win it. Um, because people that get this money, these weird ways, um, it, it's always something tainted. It will be diminished and it was not blessed by the Lord. It's nothing but trouble. I don't want anything to do with that. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Let's work the principles of the word. He who gathers by labor, by work, 
will what? Will increase. You're going to go up. You're going to expand. That's Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Over 20 years ago, I had a young prophetess come up to my wife and I, <clears throat> a very gifted prophetess. Oh, she could prophesy really, really good. Lots of words of knowledge mixed in. Uh, great, great anointing, great gifting, but not developed in wisdom or in the depth of the knowledge of God's word. And she came up and she said, she said, Stephen and Kelly, she said, I have, I have uh, been put in contact with a person who has the ability to write a blank check and you can take this blank check to any bank and the banks have been ordered by the government to cash the checks. I said, well, this doesn't sound ethical. This doesn't sound legal. And it certainly doesn't sound uh, like it makes any sense. I said, so what's the catch? She said, the catch is you've got to come to the class, uh, the conference class. The lady will teach the class. And um, what we will be assigned to do, uh, because she said, I've already talked to the instructor, we'll be assigned, uh, our assignment is to max out all of our credit cards. So you need to get all your credit cards, max them out, go out and buy whatever you want to buy. And then you'll be issued a blank check. And then you take that check, make it out for whatever your, your credit card debt is. You take it to the bank and the banks, regardless of what bank it is, they, ha- they have to, by federal law, cash that check. I said, this sounds, this sounds like a fraud. She said, oh no, it's true. It's true. I've checked it all out. It's true. And so, um, you know, the conversation ends with her, you know, basically saying it's true. It's true. It's true. Well, I go to sleep that night thinking that, you know, that's a silly idea that she presented to us. And I woke up in the morning when I woke up in the morning, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me and say, he who gathers by labor will increase. I heard that with my, I heard it with my ears. Like somebody was standing there speaking it. He who gathers by labor will increase. And I knew that this thing that that was being presented had no labor involved in it. It's a total fraud. Well, all those people, except for my wife and I, all those other people that, that kind of like whatever got worked up and ran into that, they all uh, maxed out their credit cards and uh, got these goofy checks and made them out for large amounts of money, went to the banks, not one bank anywhere would cash them. The whole thing was a scam. It was a fraud. And uh, uh, look, th- there's no fake stuff out there that's, that's legit. Stay with the word. He who gathers by labor will increase. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Greatness does not come by accident. Pastor Stephen, I want to win the lottery. No, 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 no. Greatness does not come by accident. We must know the secrets of increase. Let's, let's look into the mystery of the covenant. And we see that there is the need for labor. Praise God. Exodus chapter 20, verse nine, six days, you shall labor and do all your work. If you're not, if you're not working six days, something that that could be a solution for many that are having trouble. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. So God worked six days, rested one day out of the week. So if you work six days, throw in 12 hours a day, uh, you're going to have 
You're going to have a very full, productive week. You're going to be amazed at how much you get done. So let's follow God's example. Let's follow God's example. We're going to come out doing really well. John 5, 17, Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. John 9, 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, the night is coming when no one can work. So we see the father working. We see Jesus working. We need to be diligent in following their example. Now, this is what Paul said. First Corinthians chapter 15 verses nine and 10 for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. He outworked the other 12. He outworked the other 12. And Paul said, in fastings often, in labors often. Mm, incredible, incredible work ethic. And he, he attributes that ability to accomplish and work so um, passionately with so much energy to the grace of God. There is grace for you to work. I mean, even as I'm talking to you, some of you are feeling stirred and you need to go clean your closet. You need to go clean your garage. You need to go wash your car. You need to go knock out that pile of laundry. Praise the Lord. Keep the YouTube rolling. Keep the live stream rolling while I'm talking. Work, work, work. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There is dignity in work. Praise God. So God the Father is working. Jesus is working. Paul gave us an example of working. So we want to follow their example. If you're not following their example, who is it that you're trying to resemble? Pastor Stephen, I want to resemble the homeless man. No, 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 no. Those are not the examples we are to follow. You want to follow those who stepped into greatness and you'll see that all of them had great work ethics. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man who excels in his work, not just a man who's working, but do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before Kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Let that be a living prophetic rhema word, a prophecy to you that as you excel in your work, that as you get really, 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 really good at what you do, whatever that career field is, as you get extremely good in it, you will not stand before regular type people. You will serve those who are great in the earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are destined to be lifted up, to be lifted up. You are destined to stand in courts of greatness. And that's exactly where you're going with, with a great work ethic. There is dignity in labor. There is reward in labor. There is increase in labor. There is promotion and labor. And you know what? There's also deep heartfelt satisfaction in labor. And there is certainly increase in labor. Praise God. Psalm 1 verses 1 through 4. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. 
He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does, he does, he does, he does. He's doing something. If you're not doing something, you can't, you can't prosper. But if you do something, now God can prosper what it is that you are doing. Ah, okay. So now perhaps we uncover a problem that some have had who sow good seeds, who may be generous givers, but they have not created avenues through labor for their harvest to come back to them through. Praise God. Praise God. You have to be working. You have to be doing something that God can bless. That, that, that work, that thing that you put your hands to creates the avenue that the harvest can come flowing back to you into your life through multiplied many times over coming back to you through these avenues that you're creating through the work that you are doing. Whatever he does shall prosper. So you need to be doing things that because whatever you're going to do, God's going to prosper. So you need to be doing things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Labor is the pathway to increase. You can't be lazy and idle and expect greatness to touch your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's time to just stop the wishing and a hoping and go to work. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm just hoping and a wishing that God will do something. Well, He will, but you've got to work. Go to work. Praise God. And God will bless greatly what it is that you do. Praise God. Even in famine, Isaac went to work. Genesis chapter 26, there's famine all in the land. The Philistines, they're not doing anything because there's nothing you can do, they think, while you're in famine. But Isaac says, he says, Lord, I think I'll go down to Egypt. And the Lord says, no, no, don't go down to Egypt. But we don't see the Lord telling him what to do while he stays in the land. But he says, well, if I'm going to stay here, I'm going to do something. So what does he do? He sows seed in the midst of a, a drought stricken condition. Well, the Philistines must have thought he was crazy, but here's the thing. He's at least doing something and God blessed it. And he was, uh, he was able to reap a 100 fold harvest. Oh, my friends, you've got to work. You've got to work. At age, 75, uh, age 75, Abraham was seen working in the Word of God. At age 92, he was still seen working in the effort when he led out his own army of his own workers that he had trained in combat. He takes them out to war and comes back with a great spoil at the age of 92. He was also the first recorded cattle baron in the history of the world. And he became very rich as well in silver and gold. I need to tell you right now that if you sit down at the age of 50 and quit by the age of 60, you'll go into decay. If you shut down at the age of 60 and just think, I'll just take it easy, by 70, everything will lock up and seize up. You need to stay moving. You need to stay working. Praise God. Praise God. There's always something for you to do. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. So if you give your best effort, the covenant of increase will locate you. I want to say that one more time. If you will give your best effort, the covenant of increase will find out where you're at and will come to you. That increase will come to you. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. That's Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 10. And of course the apostle Paul being very familiar with what we know as the old Testament scriptures branched out from that. And in Colossians chapter three, verse 23, while writing to the church in Colossae said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, make it your best, put your own stamp, your own signature of approval upon it so that when it leaves your desk or leaves your hands, it leaves uh, with a great representation of who you are. That way you'll never lose favor with any employer ever, but you will gain and you will increase in favor wherever you go. Favor is an amazing thing. And as long as you have that tremendous work ethic, that favor of God will be all over your life. I would like to close today by uh, just sharing a brief story about the man named Ray Christ. And uh, he, he has passed away. I believe he passed away in the year 2005, but he was America's oldest worker. And I think it's very prophetic that his name, his last name was Christ. And he taught at Messiah college, last name, Christ taught at Messiah college, but he retired at the age of 104. So as an adult, he worked all of his life. He even worked, um, on the Manhattan Project. That was the project where America's greatest scientists were brought together. You had Einstein, you had others, and uh, they were the ones that created the atom bomb. He was actually uh, on on that team, but he was a brilliant man. But even with um, uh, many uh, accolades and many awards, he just loved his work, and he kept on working all the way up until he finally retired at the age of 104. His name was Mr. Christ, and he taught at Messiah College. Now, I believe that I believe that God wants you to be around for a long time. I believe you still have a lot to do, and I believe that the Lord's kingdom assignment is very expansive, very extensive, and there's a part for you to play in that. Praise the Lord. So God, God is going to give you the right opportunities so that you can step in there and show people what you can do because the gifts and talents God's already placed on the inside of you, but continue to develop them, grow in the wisdom of God, grow in the knowledge of God, expand the anointing and the gifting that God has placed on your life. That rich favor will be all over you. Be the very best at what God has called you to do. And there'll, there'll always be a demand for what it is that you have. You'll always be in demand praise God, praise God, and you will stand before great people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see your gifting taking you to the top. Behind the scenes, what many will not know, though, is that you have an incredible work ethic, incredible work ethic. Some will say you're lucky. Some will just say, well, he was at the right place at the right time. 
what they probably will not understand though is that you work so hard to get there they may say that you are an overnight success but they don't know that your overnight was 15 years in the making that's okay you work the principles of the word uh, increase comes through labor don't try to cheat the system don't try to break the scriptures it does it will not work increase comes one way it comes through labor you cannot have greatness and be lazy it's unscriptural it won't work praise God embrace the assignments that God has for you you will feel so satisfied and happy on the inside when you get to heaven you're going to take your extended vacation and you can, you might need a vacation uh, here or there while you're down here okay but when you love your work uh, you know what it's just it's just part of you praise God lift up your hands I'd like to pray for you Heavenly Father I pray for everybody that's watching today that you take them to a new level of productivity that you take them to a new level of labor that you take them into a new level of getting things done we thank you Father God let their work ethic inspire others touch them with that same grace that you touched Paul with to work so diligently that he even outworked the other 12 apostles now father thank you and father Paul attributed that grace to you Lord touch your people with that grace to work with incredible work empowerment from heaven thank you thank you thank you father in Jesus name amen and amen praise God glory to God thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus you're going to get so much done you're going to be amazed hallelujah let's take communion today and celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah grab some unleavened bread grab some grape juice praise the Lord hallelujah father we thank you for the bread the juice we consecrate it we bless it It it's now the flesh and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ thank you father for Jesus Messiah Jesus father may we have long lives longevity but father may we also have much accomplished may we do much for you may our work glorify you thank you father that you're working that Jesus is working and let us be tied into the work that you have assigned us to do now we thank you we thank you father we receive the body of Jesus in his name amen let's partake well if the Lord tarries it wouldn't surprise me one bit that as some of you retire at the age of 100 103 and 104 and you know what Mr. Ray Christ was able to work at those ages he's not just there kind of like you know falling asleep he, he was there working he was there working sharp mind everything working body working heart working brain working everything fully alert and just functioning praise the Lord hallelujah God's got a lot for you to do you need to be busy and you're gonna you're gonna experience the great increase watch the increase that's going to come out of your labor you are going to increase that uh, there's an anointing of increase it comes through labor 
oh, you're going to be so happy. You're going to be so happy that you're working the principles of the word. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for right standing with you through Christ, that we are in him. We thank you, Father. May his attributes be ours as he lives in us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's receive the Lord's blood. Praise God. My friends, till next time, stay busy, and I'll see you back real soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.